0: Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham solo today uh, talking about the embarrassing result really against Bournemouth uh, which we'll get to Uh, the the confusion and the contradictions and the damn like cheek really of the season ticket email that got sent out to season ticket holders Uh, and who I think is at fault for what is happening to Tottenham and our complete fall from decline, so a lot to get through, a bit of a short episode, uh, but a lot to get through, so let's talk Tottenham. Uh, so first things first, wasn't an awful, awful, awful game, um, but yeah, I just don't really understand it, to be perfectly honest how we can go from how we played against West Ham in in the uh, uh, away leg, Jose's first game, where we were free-flowing, attacking, um, looked like we scored every opportunity, to this, where the best striker in the world, arguably, is, is lucky if he gets a touch in the opponent's penalty box. He's playing more as a defender and midfielder than he is as a, a striker. I mean, it just what also gets me is Mourinho is supposed to be this tactical genius. I get told this by my Man United friend. He's a tactical genius. He has a plan for every game, but yet we've gone to a team here who, since the restart, have conceded I don't know seventy-two goals or something ridiculous. We go there to defend, sit back. And let them attack us and don't score against Where I mean, you take Man United against Villa. They go there to attack, game's over by half time against another team who's struggling defensively. But you know, resting son, was he resting him or was he punishing him for not tracking back? Who knows? But like if it if it's resting ridiculous. It's a game you should be winning. Should Be winning comfortably if you'd have really gone for it. A Pochettino team, we'd have had Ericsson as well, so we'll talk about him a bit later on and the, the lack of a, a place in him. But a Pochettino team that would have been about 3 0 by half time, game over. So you go for you go for it, it's a team who's struggling, you know, they could quite easily capitulate. I know me and Mark said we expected them to win, um, so maybe we've attempted uh, fate there, but even so, tempting fate or not, like you should be beating Bournemouth. You go at them from the start, they're going to be nervous about their defensive record. You score a goal, you know, that worry comes back and then they're there for the taking. So, you know, go at them, go at them, game over by half-time, then you can start Western players for the North London derby. But, I mean, we should have had an early penalty, but the issue I've got with that is, yeah, we might have won that but and it might have changed the game, but the way that the game played out, we didn't deserve anything from that game. And the only way Kane is getting like touches in the penalty box now, really, is from a penalty. But having said that, it was a clear push. <laughs> it's probably a bigger push than it was on Pogba, which they, they gave a penalty for. <laughs> Commentator then said it wasn't clear and obvious. So that's why VAR didn't give it. But yeah, VAR give offside goals for one millimetre uh, where someone's fouled and it brushes someone's hand. Uh, someone's lying on the floor because and they can't get up, and the the guy dinks it over him, and he's offside. Although that maybe was clear and obvious, that West Ham one. But you know, we've had one against Leicester with Aurea's goal, where someone's millimeters offside. Uh, we had the Mora one the other week. This penalty, this penalty one was clear and obvious, I thought. Uh, but the two goals weren't. Uh, but then there's been countless others. You know, the, the the Man City goal disallowed against us at the Etihad. That wasn't clear and obvious that it brushed his hand. Although that's a different rule. If it brushes or it hits any part of the hand, then it's disallowed. And it's disallowed in the, in the way that the Bournemouth goal was disallowed, which by the letter of the law. But, you know, we'll talk about that later. Well, let's talk about it now. But that goal, they deserved that goal because they were the only team in this game who looked like they wanted to go and win. And, you know, yeah, it's brushed King's hand, but in no way did that change what would have happened because it was a minimal touch. The ball was going in anyway. Loris wouldn't have got anywhere near it. And it was just... just Pissing about with it at the back instead of just getting rid of it, like silly little headers, not winning second balls, not being combative enough. And it's just... Yeah, but like... But yeah, the, the... it was a penalty and, it, you know, that was early on. So my point being that uh, Bournemouth would have then panicked because they've conceded another goal uh, and they have opened up against us, which suits our counter attack play. But if you're relying on penalties to score, yeah, there's something wrong, isn't there? And, you know, and, uh, you know a, I make notes on these games and I've literally got three notes in the first half should Have had a penalty. This is a poor Bournemouth team, an awful half, no passing, and we're letting them attack us. We'll be a fantastic football team, you know, table football team. All we do is pass from side to side. I mean, we did that under Pochettino, but at least in the second half, we came out and actually played football. But uh, you know, let's also again, wrong position for me. Playing too deep, he's the only one who can pass the ball and spray the ball wide, and yet he's playing too deep. Yeah, Ericsson played deep in, in parts, but he had the... i mentioned this to him, I'm blue in the face, and I'll carry on mentioning it, I think. But he, he was in a number 10 role and was able to come deep because he had the free role. So even though he was coming deep, that wasn't his position. But he had the licence to go where he wanted. And being the number 10 and then you drop deep, the person who's marking you in the number 10 can't follow you all the way to your defenders to then mark you there. So it's very difficult to pick him up. But like I've said as well, players like that, Dimer does, you know, is that the right word? But they're very hard to come by, really, a good one. But they see the pass before it's even at their feet. And that's why they're so one of the reasons why they're so effective, because the, as soon as they get it, the ball is out of their feet and passed. So There's no second or third touch to get it out of their feet and look for the pass. And we miss Ericsson. And yeah, very interested to see, on certainly on Twitter, the amount of people that have given him abuse and saying he was rubbish and needs to get out of our club. How many of those are now saying, oh, we miss Ericsson or we miss that uh, playmaker? In the same way, how many of the. Uh, Jose, uh, Poch needs to go out, he's lost it. We need a winner in, we need Jose in. How many of those people now are moaning about how we're playing? Because those people who wanted Pochettino out and wanted Jose in, you asked for all of this. You asked for this boring, boring negative play. You know, and you can say, well, I didn't think it would be this bad. But, you know, we you know anything about football in the last 10 years. You know how Jose plays. He did it at Man United. You know, Shaw was scared to go forward. Vashford was scared to take people on because it's not an attacking team. Now we've got Sun not taking people on. Aurea gets forward, I suppose, but then his crossing has been absolutely diabolical since the restart. But we've got the best striker in the world who's not getting chances. we have got no playmaker to like string play together, play cutting balls. Uh, Lamella at least goes forward and tries to make things happen. So at least he's trying to be positive. And when Ndumbelé came on, all of his passes were, were forward. So they're trying to make things happen. Uh, it's not Ndumbelé's fault that people aren't running, but then that's the negativity and the fact that we're a defensive team. And then Lamella, yeah, he tries to make things happen, so that's good. Runs with the ball, but then he does all the hard work by getting the ball and running and dr- drifting past people. But then he won't bloody pass. He's like that little kid in the playground when you're at school who... Uh, Thinks he's better than everyone else. That doesn't need to pass the ball. He can just dribble past the whole team. Uh, just pass the ball. You've done all the hard work, you know. Y- you're being positive. You've done all the hard work. Pass the ball. There's people queuing up to pass the ball. Pass the ball out wide, then get into the middle, so we've got more people in the box, you know. I. Sometimes it's easier to do the hard work than it is to do the easier work. It sounds ridiculous, but that's what's happening with Lamello at the moment. And every game in the restart that he's played, he's not passed the ball. And he's just very, very frustrating for me. Uh, he's a good player and he's definitely combative and he definitely puts himself about a bit. And I think he definitely cares. And He's definitely got a lot of attributes and he's definitely trying to be positive and go forward. He just needs to add that final bit, which is not being so selfish and pass the ball when the pass is on, the easy pass is on. But, you know, (sighs) I wouldn't say he was our best player yesterday because I don't think, apart from Lloris, you can say anyone was the best player. But he was certainly one of our, our more optimistic players yesterday going forward and trying to make things happen. But, yeah. But then he'd be a fantastic player for us, even better. If he did that simple thing of just passing the ball, even though it's a very simple thing, his performances would massively improve because he'd then, you know, by passing the ball five metres, he'd have an end product and he'd be creating chances because there was so much space there for the people outside of him. So hopefully Jose can have a word with him and say, look up, pass the ball when it presents itself, don't... Just keep and hope the ball. But you know, the Celso came off, and Dumbelle came on at half time. You'd hope that there was a bit of a, a, a rollicking from Mourinho, but it didn't seem to make any difference. Like Dumbelle was passing the ball forward. Not sure if he was playing as a number ten or not. A good cross from him, just missing Kane. Although I think Kane didn't look like he, he, he didn't fling himself at it. He kind of just stood there. So we'll talk about him a bit later on. Um, Horrible injury to Smith. I'm not really sure what happened because they didn't really show a replay, which to me suggests that it was a real, real, real bad one, which they didn't want to show. So hopefully he's all right. I think he went to hospital, stretched off for 10 minutes, almost 10 minutes. uh, Time's stopped for that. So hopefully he's okay. He's next Tottenham player as well. Um, But again, second half... This didn't happen with Pochettino because at least the second half picked up. But this one, again, too slow and it's side to side like a football team. And Mbappe was trying to go forward, but then there's there's not many people running for him. The only one really is Orvia, and his crossing is terrible. But no one's busting a gut to get in the box for him. So even though his crossing is terrible, he's trying to pinpoint players out in a in a packed penalty area. And yeah. Uh, we we did have a nice move, quick move, uh, Lamella header. It was just slightly too high and he was stretching for it. If that was Kane, he's slightly taller, so he might have had a chance there. But uh, that's what I mean with Lamella. At least he's trying to get into the box and trying to make things happen. And, and you look at the replay there when, when the ball was out wide. He, you know, Kane was in there looking for the pullback, which wasn't seen. But Lamella was busting a gut to get in and got into the position. It was just slightly too high, so... I think playing Lamella further forward as a number 10 isn't the way to go. I think swap him and La so I've mentioned it before. Lamella's combative. I, th- I think you can call upon him to be disciplined as well. He will go forward and drive forward with the ball. So it's whether you want him to do that. But if you've got another one there, like a Soko or Winks, I think certainly against a Bournemouth team, I'm not necessarily against an Arsenal team, but certainly against a Bournemouth team, you don't need two sitting midfielders. So he'd be good coming from deep. Uh, he's got a good engine as well. Um, so he'd be able to get back and get into position when we don't have the ball. He's combative. He'd, he'd make it a battle in midfield. So I think drop him further back and push Lo Celso forward. But at, le- at least he's trying to get into the box. More of then got put through, I think by lamello actually, one of the only times he did play the simple pass. It might have been Sun. Um, but anyway... He's running forward with it, gets caught underneath his feet and then the chance goes and just, just, you know, stick your foot through it. Uh, Aurier's crossing as well, I've mentioned it was poor, but there are plenty of times where, Trippier was brilliant at this, but there are plenty of times where it's dropped over to him on the volley and he has to take a touch and then the defender comes, uh, closes him down and either blocks the cross or oh, it goes out for corner. It's a deflection. But Trippier used to be able to volley that first time, drilled low and hard, catches the defence and keeper unaware. And you, I think it's obvious that they practice that in training with Trippier doing that. Um. Yeah. Um. But then I've got hair on my phone. Um. But then Bournemouth started getting chances, but. The goal like I've just mentioned absolutely awful. Um, just pinball in the box. Just get rid of it. You had enough people back there, uh, and then Wilson. It was a brilliant overhead kick effort, but I think it was a out of it. Not out of it I can't. I can't remember who it was now. It must have been Vertonghen. But he just stood there and let him do it. He didn't put his head on the ball before he got into the chart, the position to do the overhead. Um, and we just got massively lucky there where it's brushed King's arm. But again, like I said, it didn't make a difference to the flight of the ball, really. It would have still gone in the corner, just a further in the corner, so given the lorries, even less chance. And they deserved a goal, Bournemouth. So they deserved the goal um, because they were the only team wanting to attack. It's difficult to say as a Spurs fan, but they, we deserved to lose that match. And then how Harry, uh, Harry Wilson has got one and one. Uh, he's just run from... The middle of the pitch, I of and Vatong get drifted over to the ball, and then Davies is nowhere to be found. Whoever's playing on that left hasn't tracked back. I wonder if that was Sun again. But they haven't tracked back, and then Harry Wilson's one on one. I mean, if he didn't take too many touches and let Loris come straight out to him, it would have easily been a goal. But Loris deserves a lot of credit there. He got out to him very quickly. Uh, he's tried to dink it over, in which Loris has read, and then he's palmed it away. So, again, Loris since the restart hasn't really put a foot wrong or a hand wrong. He had one flapper across against Everton, which didn't amount to anything. But you know, it's just for the Everton game, and then having a go at the Sun and making it look like uh, that we're we're part uh, we're a team again, and we we're, we're not going to settle for second best. It's just one step forward, three steps back at the moment. Uh, it's just so. Disappointed. Oh, so that's the dissection of that god-awful game out of the way. Uh, someone on Twitter did say are there any positives to take from it, so my positive is that there's one less game of the season we have to endure now. Uh, but The Arsenal game will be interesting, they're free-flowing at the moment so maybe that will suit us and we might attack a bit more but after this performance. I'm not so sure, and it could be. If Arsenal really go for the jugular, they could cause us a lot of problems early on. Although our defence is looking a bit more solid, but take a break here. Afterwards, uh, who, whose fault is this? Our run of form and the issues of season ticket issues, which it's just the club treating our fans like a number. Like it's been growing and growing till it hits this point, so back in a bit. And we're back. Uh, so let's talk about the season ticket renewal email that got sent through to Tottenham for season ticket holders. Uh, you know, all about uh, about renewing for next season. So they started off with the email, which I it's just a ridiculous email, for, really. Uh, with leagues across Europe bringing fans back to stadiums, and I'm not sure that's ever uh, that's happened, uh, so I don't know where they got that from. Uh, but they're opening up the season ticket renewals on the 13th of July. Uh, they operate in a digital, certificate, a digital ticketing system, so members and season ticket holders have to enter via their mobile device, so when they buy a ticket or renew. And um, they'll get a link to download and that directs the pass directly onto their mobile phone fine okay season ticket verification so they're saying uh, we are aware that tickets are often held in the names of previous purchasers or only one family member therefore we should implement what is effectively an amnesty period ask all supporters to work with us to share correct information blah 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 so i've got a season ticket when I can't go to a game, I'll give it to my dad. He's on my network, on the account as my network. Uh, according to uh, Tottenham's blurb on the Ask Spurs site, it says that that's allowed. Uh, you can share season tickets either by uh, sticking them on the ticket exchange. Someone then gets your ticket and then your their, their details transfer over. Or you can use this ticket share and their, their details are on um, your account uh, and they have to be a member i think uh so they've got their membership number um let's talk about that first so then i emailed uh spurs asking if that's able to be carried on because it doesn't mention anywhere on this email this ticket share option i've got this guy michael not my favorite person basically saying uh you can't share tickets it's not allowed anyone found guilty of sharing tickets uh could face a ban or or have their season ticket upheld. Uh, You're only allowed to share them via the ticket exchange. So he didn't mention anything about the ticket share. Uh, I I only found out about the ticket share after I spoke to him, so I've sent another message uh, to Tottenham. I haven't got anything back yet, but if I do get anything back, I'll share that with you because I know a lot of people do it because he then said that people aren't allowed to do it and I said, well, why are Spurs on their... uh, email saying we are aware that tickets are purchased by only one family member which suggests that other family members use that card and he goes well you're not allowed to do that and basically it was like talking to bloody boris johnson he was just answering the questions that he wanted to bloody ask uh so yeah so i'm still none the wiser as to whether i can do that and uh, you know they they want a twitter you know, there's possibly reduced capacity matches so season ticket holders Uh, have to enter a ballot, if they get that, then their their ticket is okay, they get their seat. If they don't, there's no, you know, do we get a refund for that or not, I don't know. To buy the season ticket on the 13th, you have to pay a 20% non-refundable deposit to secure it, which, again, if we have this second wave uh, and then, you know, matches aren't allowed to be attended, do we get that money back? No, because apparently it's non-refundable, but then you can't, but, so, you know, we, we we get a credit for the matches we've uh, missed at the end of this season, but then, you know, that's going into our credit, and then, you know, being used to, to fund the uh, season ticket 20%, so essentially they're not giving us money back at all, um, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, with the season ticket holders and not being able to share it, I, I, you know, I said to this guy, "Well, you want to be finding every season season ticket holder that's ever had one and banning them because I guarantee you that that ticket exchange will be the last resort for people." Uh, and then he just said, "Well, if we find out, and then uh, then we'll ban them or whatever." It's just like just half arsed reading from a script, not even helping the people who, who you know I've paid like over six grand season ticket hold season tickets in the last like six years and this is how we get the paid uh, and then I mean that that um, credit as well you get a refund but the, the refund you have to apply for that on by the 4th of July this email came through two days ago on the 8th you know so as far as people were aware the season ticket or I was aware the season ticket would be renewed in the same way as it was before with no changes uh, and then this email has come through after the fourth with all these different things uh, I then found out you're not allowed to share it I've got no idea if the ticket share is still applicable for this uh, but yeah I can't get a refund if I decided I didn't want the season to ticket more and give any money to that idiot who owns us so therefore I'd, I'd lose my money but you know Again, it's just so contradictory. you know I've got this Michael guy saying you can't share a ticket. I've got the email and, and email saying that uh, we're aware that people are, they're often held with uh, one family member so they're aware of it and and they've got an amnesty period so, and I'm not even sure if the club knows what an amnesty period is if you look on Google, it's a fixed period of time where a crime isn't punished so by he's saying that it's a crime to share the ticket but then they're saying there's an amnesty period so surely that's the crime which the fixed period of time which they haven't decided that can carry on because the crime won't be punished so again it's contradictory but they're saying the amnesty period is for holders to uh, update their correct information which is just absolute fucking nonsense if you ask me absolute nonsense um Yeah, just absolute ridiculous. Um, But yeah, so it'll be a podcast after the Arsenal game, so if I've got any more information, I know a lot of people I've seen on Twitter are confused about all of this, so I've asked all these questions to them. If I uh, get any answers, I'll share it back. Right, so that's season tickets out of the way and that that nonsense there where, you know, we're just another number now. It's just... It's really disillusioned uh, with the club now, like three years ago four years ago i was loving this club you know we we're moving in completely in the right direction we're challenging for titles should be getting through to the finals or we're th- through to finals should be winning them but at least we were getting through to them uh now we're playing the worst football that i can't imagine i can't think of a more boring period of football that we played uh, and then you know the 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 club are treating us like another number. Uh, I suppose to an extent we always have, but we literally are now a complete business, not a football club, in terms of running. Anyway, so th- this massive decline—whose fault is it? Because the the, the most the, the worst thing for me isn't the fact that we're now god awful to watch; it's the fact that you know. we were in a title race, ended up finishing third because we fell off at the end, but we were in a title race. 16-17, best uh, points all that we've had in the Premier League and we're really looking sharp. Uh, And then we've, you know, that was the perfect time to then, Okay, we're we're in this now, we need to keep in this, we need to progress, we need to strengthen, Uh, we need to make sure we're stronger so that we can uh, try and go one further and win the league next season. And we stood still, and it's taken a little time, but that standing still has now caught up with us now. Pochettino lost his job, he said there was a painful rebuild needed, got ignored. You can argue that he maybe wasn't strong enough to say, well, we need it, so it doesn't, you know, we need it. Otherwise, I'll walk or or whatever, but he was loyal. Uh, He lost his job, and now we've got Mourinho in, who people called for. Because he's a winner, but we're playing some of the most boring football I've ever seen, uh, and, and and going to defend against a team who are conceding more goals than an NBA team. But so whose fault is it? I I mean, yeah, Levy doesn't spend that much money, but then is that it's not actually his money, is it? Is it's Joe Lewis's? But. So is Joe Lewis actually giving the money here? So we won't call him Joe Lewis. We'll call call it Enoch. And we'll have Daniel Levy separately, even though he is part of Enoch. But so Enoch, uh, you know, they're there to run a business, make money. That's what they're there for. I suppose to an extent all football clubs do. You know, the Glazers at Man United aren't probably that interested in, in in the football, it's just a massive brand that will make them a load of money, even though they are built on debt. Um, so yeah, so le- and, and, and Enic have done well to turn us from a, a team that was struggling financially to now we're completely financially sec- financially secure. I know we've got that loan and the big stadium, but in terms of financially secure, we, that stadium is a huge, huge asset. So if we were in any trouble, we could sell that off and then rent it out, but, you know, we'd get a hell of a lot of money for it and the rent would be less than that, so we would be better off. So Enoch deserve credit for that. Uh, it's the, the best training facilities, from what I've heard, from other players on, on the news and Sky Sports and what have you, uh, and the best stadium in Europe. So that's obviously going to attract some players, not not the very best, but some players, and, and you know, when they are there, they're going to like that, so they deserve credit for that. Uh, it brings in a lot of revenue for. Obviously, it's it's been cancelled, but gigs like Guns and Roses, Lady Gaga, uh, events like Anthony Joshua's fight, uh, the Saracens uh, rugby team, so that bringing a lot an NFL, so bringing a lot of revenue for that. So they deserve credit for that. But then all of this credit is business stuff and money stuff. It's no football stuff, apart from maybe the facilities that the players like and it looks after the players. But in terms of on the pitch, there's nothing there. So do they really care about that? Um, you know, Ericsson wanted to go after the Champions League final. Should have been out the door as soon as he wanted to go. As soon as we touched down back in London, right, OK, let's see if we can find you a club. Get 60 million for him. Go out and replace that. We haven't replaced him. So you, you look at the team, we've got no creativity there. If, if you look at it closely again, even though i had a moan about Lamella not passing the ball. There are people outside of him, but back in the day, a few years ago, when someone like a Lamella was running forward, there'd be players on his left, or on his right, and he'd have you know, the decision then wouldn't be should I pass it or not. The decision would have been do I pass it left or do I pass it right? But now he's only got people on one side, and the Undombele cross was was good, but Kane didn't really bust the gut to get in there. Maybe he thought it was going to be on the floor and a tap in, but. To me, Kane looks so fed up, and why wouldn't you be a, a world-class striker getting one touch in the opponent's penalty box? So, I mean, if I was his agent, or even him, I'd be thinking, oh, I've got to leave this club because I ain't going to get a chance here. I don't want to leave, but I, I want to win trophies. I ain't going to win a game in this team, let alone a trophy. And to be honest, it'd be awful, and we get a lot of money, but who could blame Kane if he wanted to leave now? No one. Uh, you know, under Pochettino, playing the best football of his career, obviously. And, you know, he, he was uh, scoring more goals in a calendar year than Messi. And, and now, look at him, he's not getting a touch in the box. So, that's the staleness of the squad. So, that's the, the you know, let's talk about Levy. So, yeah, he might not have the money that's been given in by uh, Joe Lewis or Enoch to, um Spend on the players that they won. So you can't uh, uh, moan at him for that if that's the case, because that's not his issue, that's Enix's issue. His issue is he did brilliantly getting lorries for 9 million at the time. He was about 27, I think, maybe even less than that, but world class keeper, 9 million, absolute steal by bargaining, and getting 30 million from Berbatov and, and Modric and 86, a world record at the time for bail. Wonderful. But I think. He's got so stubborn now and so cocky and arrogant that he thinks he can just do that with everybody. So Grealish we had for 25 million, refused to pay more than 22. Fernandez, who's been an absolute sensation since joining Man United, looks like he's played there for years. You know, we had for 45 million, I think. He refused to pay 40, more than 40. You know, you get rid of Ericsson, you've got 60 million pound there, and all you're paying is then five million. You know, 10 million because the rest of it comes from the Ericsson money. But he refused to let Ericsson go, oh, I can get him to sign a new contract. He didn't want to be there. With well, the best will in the world, it's going to cause disruption in the dressing room, which it didn't, it showed in our performances. Ericsson lost a complete load of confidence or, or just motivation, <laughs> although he still assisted eight, eight goals in the Premier League, um, and yet people say he was rubbish. Yeah, he wasn't tracking back and putting a, a tackle in, but when has he ever done that? He never did that in any of the Pochettino games, put a tackle in. You don't have him in a team for that. Uh, so, but yeah, you know, no creativity. I mean, so I do... We'll talk about Jose in a minute, but I do feel sorry for him that he hasn't got that creativity there and whether he'll have the money with this coronavirus and, and the fact that Enix seemed to be stingy anyway with money is, is another thing. But, you know, there are other reports that Pochettino said he wanted certain players like Mane. We go out and get Sissoko. Uh, 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 what was his name? Nkudu. Uh, <laughs> Could have had Mane From when he was at Southampton. Uh, Winalden uh, we got Sissoko. I don't mind Sissoko, but he's not Alden's level. And Pochettino said he wanted all of these players before the World Cup and then we didn't get any of them and we just didn't sign anyone. And that's Levy. That is Levy. Like, he's done a lot of good Levy, and so have Enoch, as I've said, in a business standpoint, but in terms of football and on the pitch, he either hasn't done anything or hasn't done enough. And yeah, the lobby signing was superb, 9 million and other... Coups he's made, but yeah, you know, <laughs> you're you're paying yourself seven million pound a year, uh, the best paid chairman in the league, and you can't pay an extra two million to a club who want an extra two million when you're paying twenty two. When the the manager says he wants those players, and you know how much did Liverpool buy Mane for thirty million? Uh, he's repaid that, God knows how many times now. He's helped him. There's talk of him winning the uh, uh, Premier League Player of the Year. So you know, even just that alone in their, their title-winning year, he's paid that thirty million off. And yet, you know, that's not even even counting the fact that he's been superb for a number of years for them now. And you know, we could have had him. You know, I'm not sure if Pochettino worked with him at Southampton. I'm not sure if that was the same era. But yeah, it's just. And now you have got Jose in, who's now saying things like uh, in his press conference, he's not in charge of transfers. Why? He's the fucking manager. The manager should be in charge and getting the players he wants. You know, and and I just yeah, I've never been a levy out guy, but I'm I'm starting to turn a little bit now. I mean, there's talk of this London derby that there's going to be a plane with a Levy out banner flying overhead, but like, he won't care about that. He couldn't care less. He's getting paid seven million pound a year. He couldn't give a shit. So it's just something that's got to change for the better on the pitch. We, 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 you know, we've achieved part A, which is making ourselves financially stable. We've achieved that. So you can still be financially stable. These events will happen next year now. So we'll end, probably end up having double in the summer. So they'll draw your money in. We're financially stable now, so now's the time to invest in the team because this team is seriously stale, seriously lacking something, completely lacking a, a replacement for Ericsson and someone with creativity. The uh, has got that in his locker, but he's a different type of player. He runs with the ball, he doesn't drift into space. And possibly does, but we haven't got that playmaker like Fernandez, who. who basically runs the game. It's up to Fernandez pretty much, and he's got Pogba playing now as well, so they've got two of them. And it's up to them how quick it is, how slow it is, you know. And we haven't got that, and that's when we were at our best. And that's why I think the attacking play was so good, because I've said it before, he was a number 10, he drifted wherever he wanted, people couldn't pick him up. Massive space in there. Defenders don't know whether to close that space or, or just... Mark their players. If they mark their players, there's a huge open space there. Everson can ping the ball 50 yards onto Sun's foot. He'll take people on, run into that space. Someone's got to come out, leave space for Kane and Ali, and then go. But then we come to Jose. And Mark mentioned after the uh, Man United game on this podcast, which I defended Jose about, Mark said that this is how Jose plays. He defends and sits defensively. For all games, I said, well, you won't against the weaker teams because they're there for the taking. And unfortunately, Mark was proved right in this Bournemouth game. So, Which I still can't understand how why you're setting up defensively against a team like Bournemouth who are conceding goals by the hatful. So Jose, when he came to us, said he changed. Said he changed his philosophy, learned a lot. He'd learned a lot for two weeks and then he reverted back to type. You know, reverting back to type, playing defensively. I mean, you can argue, yes, he lost Kane, lost Son. Well, he lost Kane, he lost Son a little while later. So, in terms of attacking, you've lost your, your, your best striker. I get that. But he's got them back now. And he's got them back now. And Kane has had, like, two touches in the penalty area. In two games and the fact that we haven't had a shot on target in 102 minutes in a full game against a team who are conceding goal possibly conceded more goals this season than we've scored is just criminal and yeah you can blame the players all you want Lamela tried to make things happen but then you know he can't do it all by himself even though he's trying to but at least he's trying to do something forward so you know he mentions after the Everton game that he's uh, told the players to be critical of each other and themselves, you know. And Lamella was the only one driving forward and running forward. You can argue and Don Bele as well, trying to play forward passes. But it's all very well if the coach says, Oh, you've got to play defensive, but you're the one playing the game, you can see where the space is. So take responsibility and be positive. What's our motto? To dare is to do. And like there was no one there really apart from the Miller maybe, who was daring to go forward and trying something and trying to score a goal and trying to put Bournemouth under pressure. No one. And that's our fucking motto, for Christ's sake. And it's plastered all around the stadium. It's just... But, you yeah, I mean, it's all very well and good that Jose plays defensively against teams like Liverpool, City, Man United. And that's good because we're then, you know, Look, looks solid, but again, Bournemouth, Christ. Look, and the only reason we beat West Ham was a lucky goal, I and mean, then they had to open up because they need the points, and then we pinged the uh, the, the counter attack trap. But before that, we didn't look like scoring. Everton, oh, just they was bad as us, quite frankly. So they didn't attack us, so therefore we didn't get that many chances. But then we did, you know, you're at home there. You're trying to go for Europe, you're at home, you've got to take the initiative, you've got to dare to do. And they're not. Uh, And you've got all this attacking talent there. And yeah, but Jose is just tactical genius against the top sides, possibly yes. Tactical genius against weak sides, not a chance. Uh, And he did the same at Man United. Like, Man United historically because of Ferguson mainly, that have been a team, attack, 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 you score, we'll score more. And he basically turned them into a defensive team. And now look what's happening with Solskjaer. He's got three forward players there, lightning quick, and and now as well with the introduction of Fernandez and Pogba getting a new lease of life. Two creative players there. You can play either or or both. And those front three now are causing absolute havoc. I mean, if he keeps that exact same team, they could be an outside dark horse chance to, to win the league next year because they're looking quite good defensively, generally, uh, although they have only been playing weaker teams so far. And then the only team that were anywhere near the top half, I think, were us. And Bergwijn highlighted there the kind of slowness in central defence for the goal. And if you put him under pressure, the Gea is likely to make a mistake. But, but they're looking likely now. They're looking like they're old selves again now, in the sense that uh, if you score, it's not a problem. We'll get more. Uh, and Greenwood, eighteen, only going to get better. And then <laughs> you know Rashford and 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 Martial aren't exactly in their thirties, so they'll get better as well. And Martial since the restart, uh, not Martial. Rashford since the restart hasn't really set the world alight. So. You know, at some point he's gonna score a hat full of goals. And that's what we used to be like when we had Ericsson there in the hole, dictating play, players around him doing what they wanted. We just don't have that anymore. Yeah, Jose doesn't have the players, will he bring you know will he bring the players in? Maybe. So the the question was who's to blame? People blame Levy. people blame Jose, people blame the players and certain players. My answer, collectively, everybody. Enoch are only concerned about making money. Levy to an extent as well, uh, but he's too stubborn and won't listen to the manager that he employs. Pochettino may be not strong enough to say we need these players. But then with Pochettino and the players we've got now, you know, the players who were criticising Pochettino, it just shows what a wonderful job he was doing with this this squad, which looks average now. Pochettino got him to like league, t- league title challenges, Champions League finals. Absolutely superb job he did there with a limited budget and not seemingly any support from the chairman. But he, he needed to be strong enough, stronger, I think. So even though he did a fantastic job, I think he deserves some of the blame. The players need to take responsibility Jose, just stop being so fucking negative. Uh, yeah, so it's a collective effort and a collective blame uh, that's allowed this to happen. Uh, the only one who deserves any credit for trying to change it, I think, potentially, But well, there are players there, but like, let's not talk about the players. The only one non-playing who deserves any credit is Pochettino, I think, because he said painful rebuild is needed so even if he wasn't strong enough and saying we need this we need this he was the one who saw it. He said we need a rebuild levy ignored him um so yeah so i mean you'd never get that in your walk of life would you you'd never ever get that in your walk you have interviews get a job that's your manager you know if you said oh i need this i need that the manager would never ignore you because if that kept happening on, you go to HR, complain about it, and then they'd get in trouble and it wouldn't happen again. But here, Levy seems to be able to ignore all of his managers and it's all fine. Absolutely bizarre. So, uh, But again, Pochettino didn't seem to have an, a, a plan B, uh, not getting a second striker was criminal, although he did have Son, but in terms of, light flight for, for kane and they're having a plan b but you look at uh, Knapp when we got into the champions league we had four strikers there if you include van der Vaart as a striker which i will so you had kraut van der keen uh, before that sorry defoe and pavlyuchenko so you've got kraut who can hold it up van der Vaart who can come deep defoe lightning quick and will always have a shot pavlyuchenko not as quick but plays on the last man and has a shot as well so you have different plans there if one thing wasn't working you, t- you, you, you can take Crouch off or keep him on and stick a Defoe on for pace. You know, we haven't got that at the moment. But the way we played under Pochettino, we took games by a scruff of the neck, ripped teams apart, took an early lead, game over by half-time. Never going to happen with mean, yeah. a But the, like I said, a lot of fans ask for this. So it be interesting to know. I'll never find out. It'd be interesting to know, all these fa- fans who are like, oh, Pochettino has to go, we need to get Mourinho in, he'll win us stuff. Are you the ones moaning now that we're playing so boring against teams like Bournemouth? It'd be interesting to know that. But, but yeah, in answer to my question, everyone deserves blame. So you get all of these, uh, Enoch out, it's all their fault. It is their fault, but it's not just their fault. The players, you know, are getting paid a fortune and can't make their own decisions to actually go forward, barring a few. Um, but, yeah, I, my worry is that this team will be depleted. Kane will, wouldn't surprise me if Kane sticks a transfer request in in the summer. And to be honest, I wouldn't be able to blame him. Like, he's so much better than we, we are at the moment. Not just in ability, but in ambition. Uh, but, yeah, and it's just a sad, sad state. We, but, you know... The terrible game, the first two games, Man United, West Ham, I thought we looked solid, so we looked like an actual team. So that's a good foundation, we can progress onto that now, keep that foundation, and then add the attacking flair. Sheffield United, it was two steps forward, four steps back. Then we win Everton, you know, we have the Loris-Sun argument, so it's like, OK, the players are now on the same page, we're not settling for second best, another step forward, and then we have this, three steps back. It's just... Oh, it's just, I've got no words sometimes. It's just so demoralising. And from where we were, we had the real opportunity there to uh, progress and stick ourselves right as a title contender again. And we just stood still. it wasn't strong enough. Levy wasn't even listening to him. Just depressing. But ho- hopefully this Arsenal game, it's a London derby. It would be better if the fans were there because they'd get behind the team but hopefully we can put a performance in there and actually attack them and, and cause some problems, get Kane on the ball and get Kane some. And there we go, end of a awful podcast really. Awful to have to do a podcast on this and the, the complete decline and just the shambles that was the Bournemouth game. But hopefully season ticket issue resolves itself. Like I said, any more information I get or replies I get, I'll, I'll message, mention on here. Hopefully, the Arsenal game we can turn our season, not turn our season around again. but give ourselves something to cheer about, and, and you know, the team to have, give us give us something to cheer about. So come on, you Spurs!